This is Infants on Thrones. Philosophies of men mingled with humans. We are the core. Welcome back to another episode of Infants on Thrones. My name's Tom Perry. So Matt and I got talking behind the scenes about how the Sam Young interview went. Uh, Matt has a completely different take and thoughts about how the interview went than I did. And I kind of challenged him on a few things, told him that I was conflicted about it and a few other things. And so we had a conversation behind the scenes. We had a phone call and some text messages and And it kind of led to a point where we decided together that it might be good to sort of uh, dissect this openly and record it in the hopes that maybe even we can address some of the listener concerns because there's there's been a decent amount of feedback, uh, both pro and negative. It's definitely been a polarizing episode. We decided we were going to talk about it and we brought Glenn on and then at the last minute, uh, Jake jumped on even though he didn't even listen to the damn thing. (laughs) But it's, you know, who's going to turn down an opportunity to have Jake sit in? So so that's kind of the background and the disclaimer of this episode. So it is going to be pretty meta. And if you're not really interested in listening to to this sort of thing, then go ahead and skip it. If you didn't, if you listen to the Sam Young interview and you don't have thoughts one way or another and you're not really interested in hearing us kind of reflect back and talk about potentially Matt's approach, um, whether he was too forceful or whether his tone was under question or whatever, then this episode isn't for you. So it's okay if you skip it. (laughs) It truly is. And I would completely understand that. Um, So, but for the rest of you that are interested, I hope you enjoy it. You know, it it was was really eye-opening to be able to have that opportunity to talk as directly and openly to Matt and kind of voice some of my concerns. I will I will say this about Matt, and I know this is probably going to be a little too vulnerable, but that's, that's just the way I am now. Um, I love Matt. I consider him a dear friend. And even if his tone or his approach seems off-putting or uh, makes me feel uncomfortable, the bottom line is, is he's earned my trust. And what he said during the interview was important. And I don't want that to get lost in my challenges to him and his approach. So I hope that's crystal clear. That I still give a lot of deference to Matt and his expertise in this. That he knows what he's talking about. And what he's talking about is important. It's important to victims everywhere in any way, shape, or form, no matter where you fall. And that's that's the underlying message. And all I really wanted in this challenge is to help, I don't know, find help him and help us find a way to maximize our reach, maximize our effectiveness of being able to not turn off people, not turn off ears that might be listening that it could definitely benefit. That's That's my whole intention. So I hope... I hope that's clear. I hope that message is definitely being received out there. So, so yeah, with that said, 
let's just jump into the discussion, shall we? Really, we're doing a, po- a Sam Young postmortem because there was comments and I don't know about controversy. I mean, I thought anyway, there were comments and particularly about kind of tone and, and my approach and, um, and it, I don't know, it, it struck a chord with us, uh, certainly Tom and I, um, and you know, there were some concerns that, uh, Tom was uncomfortable with the, with, with the way I was and, and I was uncomfortable with the way I was sort of, but maybe not. <laughs> what, what is that? What is that? I, <laughs> I was uncomfortable with the way I was. I'm not even comfortable with my own skin. That's it, man. That's I, I, um, and, and just, <laughs> I, uh, I know what was in my mind and it was in good faith. And so I wanted to get on and talk about tone and the way we're perceived and you know, what we've learned through from podcasting and trying to communicate certain things and how we're received and how to have conversations with people in good faith, which I thought we had. And I was troubled a little bit by being constantly hearing, you know, um, what he said was really good and the, and the content was good, but I, I just didn't like his tone. And, you know, we got that one star review about that I assume was about me of they treat their guests. Oh, no, no, it's all men. Yes. All of you, all, all of, all of us. Treat all of our guests. But, not you know, all I, infants, hashtag not all infants. And we, um, you know, I got the same thing with the Bill Real thing. And there's been other, you know, there's other things that I've, you know, I, I've been doing interviews with, um, uh, you know, with, with uh, national media, with Fox News and, and working with CNN and MSNBC. And that's not to be like, oh, I'm a big deal. I'm just saying that's been the reality. And I've talked to Nightline and, and producers and reporters for the last year on sexual abuse. And I've been criticized for my tone a lot when I talk about it. In fact, I, I had an interview or I had a, um, uh, I was, t- I talked to a producer. Wait, are you, are you saying that those people criticize you also no, 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 about no. your tone? No, no, no. I'm saying that I, I re- I started recording. I record everything. I basically record every conversation I have anymore. Um, with, especially, you know, on the phone with reporters, I just don't trust reporters. I don't trust Is that like a Howard Hughes thing. <laughs> yeah. I also keep my pee in a jar. Um, yeah. <laughs> No, I, I, I just don't trust reporters and I've been talking to a lot of them. And so I record, um, when I talk to reporters, that's, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to be quoted, I want to make sure that if, if I'm, if I'm, <laughs> Matt Long says this, no, I fucking didn't and I can prove why, but I recorded one recently and I, um, <laughs> I was criticized for my tone. I sent it to a couple people because it, it frustrated me. Oh, is that uh, the one that you sent to me? Yeah. I sent one to Glenn and I sent yeah. it to some, some other people that I work with and, uh, there was just a, this big conversation about tone and how to communicate these things. And the things that you know about sexual abuse are really, really important, but you've, you've got a particular tone. And, and I know I do, I, I just have a fucking, I have a certain way. And I've just, I have been reflecting on that. And, um, you know, in this, the Sam Young interview uh, kind of brought all of that to head because primarily there's not a lot of people I give a shit about what they think about my tone but one of them happens to be Tom. And when he said he was conflicted about it and obviously, um, you know, had, had his own concerns about my tone that, that caused me to pause and say, that's someone I want to hear from because if I can, if I can adjust my tone to make my message more effective, um, I want to do that. And so that's kind of the conversation I have, not just about me, but about just generally the idea of tone and, what we're trying to, how we're trying to communicate and how we're perceived. And I think we've all kind of experienced, uh, at least have experience and, and I, you know, experience dealing with that anyway. So that's, 
that's kind of the framing, as it were, of the uh, of, of the Sam Young postmortem. Um, more about not about content as much as just um, tone and approach, I guess. So yeah, that's that's a good way to frame it, I guess. Yeah, my my concerns were initially. I guess I can kind of walk through a little bit how I felt in the moment and as it was going. Originally, I I had an idea how the interview would go and and everything. And, and Sam, I have a lot of uh, respect and admiration for Sam as I know Matt does too, even though that kind of gets lost in the quote tone or whatever. But, um, as it was going along, there was, I don't know, probably two instances where I felt really uncomfortable and it was getting really cringy. And it was, uh, you know, me being on the call was, it, it just felt weird. And I know Sam felt the same way, you know, like he, I guess in a way he overreacted a little bit and that's when Matt sort of corrected him and said, I'm, I'm an ally. I'm a friend. You got to understand that. And so, yeah, it, I guess it is sort of addressing Matt's tone or his approach that it, it was somewhat off-putting. I, I guess I called it sharp and hostile. So can, can we talk about that word tone? And you know, define it. Have I ever told you how much I love you, Jake? <laughs> uh, I mean, that is that the million dollar question? Is what is tone? Let, let's talk about it. Glenn. What, what, you're, yeah. Glenn, I know. I was. I was just saying that what Matt said to you was in a dulcet tone, but the timing's all off now because I was muted. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, that. That's all. The that's tone. all it was. I'm the sorry. Tone. Yeah. No, I. Yeah, I, I, I know I have a, I have an aggressive approach. I'm very aggressive <laughs> and I'm, and I'm very passionate. I'm very loud. And I've always, I've always had a problem and it's, <laughs> listen guys, I've always had a problem of communicating very, uh, in a, very emotionally and very, uh, and what, and very strongly. And it gears towards sounding like anger when it's not. And I, and I say, you know, I have a, I have a resting angry face, kind of like Randy does. Right. Um, and, and so I've always kind of battled against this, especially as a father and dealing with my children of sounding more angry than I, than I was, even when I was angry, it was even worse. And so kind of, I've always just pushed on that spectrum. So when I hear tone, I, I can only talk about me and knowing what, what that means. And I, and it's like, I get it. Um, I get it. It sounds, I sound more yelly or um i think tom said it right like scolding i, I just i sound that i sounded that way towards towards sam and it was more in, in trying to be very um what's the word and not empathic um emphatic, emphatic. <laughs> well going back going back at that time especially during the section where we talk about grooming right because that's kind of mm-hmm. i think where things got really awkward <laughs> or weird um you were talking about that you were getting emotional just now. Do you feel like mm-hmm. you were, can, can you recall getting really emotional or passionate? Yeah, I definitely recall being passionate, especially in talking to you today. And when listening back, I remember being, you know, the, the triggered, I remember the same thing when he said it, I had this thing. Oh, damn it. Well, explain that. What is that? Oh, damn it. Is that? Yeah. You, so, so here's, here's how I can articulate it. Okay. Certain concepts have have become are 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 such 
are so critic critical to import are are critically important to understand when if we want to understand what the real world of abuse looks like and one of those is grooming and the less we understand it on a real level to be able to apply it into our lives the less apt we are to protect children so when i heard sam do that i've heard it i've seen it a number of times and it has continually the more that sam has communicated this it has started to permeate advocates in the victim world, particularly in the ex-Mormon community, and it's become uh, misused to a point of no longer being usable where everything's grooming. And when we don't understand what actual grooming behaviors are, we, we not just risk, the result is we aren't able to protect our children or other people's children because we don't know how to identify the real grooming behaviors. And so when I hear that, the, God damn it, it's the, you guys are actually causing Um, more risk to be out there for your children by using a term rhetorically rather than with precision. So, so your anger, and I hate to even say that word because it's probably not appropriate, but that frustration is aimed more at kind of a general populace, right? Not individual. Yes. Okay. That this con, this is a concept that's critical to being, to understanding in order, if, if, if you care about children and if you care, about, that sounds so, well, if you care about children, you'd do it this way, right? But <laughs> to those who don't care about children. Yeah, to those of you who don't. <laughs> but that's, that was the reaction. So it's not, Sam, you're an idiot and I'm so smart. It's this really, this really is necessary to, this can help people protect their own children. And I can't let you continue to, to um, misuse that term. When there are people out there who need to be, so I'm not talking to Sam. I was talking to all of the listeners. I say, wait, wait, wait a minute. I need you to understand this is what groom. That is not what grooming is, and this is what grooming is. To start there, and, and, and so that was the frustration. Is, is Sam, you're, you're, you have such good intentions, and in your good intentions, you are actually causing harm unnecessarily so from ignorance. So yeah, you were trying. You were trying to correct something. Yeah, and instead you came at it in a very sharp or direct directed way right right you know i i think that's interesting though i mean because because you say sharp and direct sharp maybe i could take a little bit of an issue with direct there shouldn't be any problem with going at something really direct and and one of the things that has been interesting you know because i i i've also been watching the comments come in and it's been so interesting to me to see people on one side that just absolutely loved it and said, oh my gosh, I've been hearing these things that Sam's been doing. It's kind of, kind of been making me a little bit nuts too. We all need to check ourselves. We all need to check in with experts and make sure that we're grounded in the things that we're doing. You know, like those kinds of comments, they're like, I'm so glad that Matt said what he said. And then on the other side of it, the how rude, you didn't even let the guest get in a word edgewise. And you know, it's like all, all that, that really didn't like that directness, didn't like that tone, but also it seemed like they didn't, they didn't like somebody who's kind of a cult hero or someone who has kind of cult hero status right now in Sam Young because of the things that he's done. Like, don't tarnish him. Don't, don't give that guy anything but admiration and thanks. Yeah. You know, that there's like a subset of people who feel that way. And it's just not, been interesting. Do you, to, do you not understand that though? Oh, I absolutely understand it. You don't, but, want to, you don't want to cut him down at the knees because the momentum of what he's doing is important. Sure. But, but like, 
can 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 you understand the sophistication of being direct with someone and correcting them in a, in a place where they unintentionally are in error and cutting them at the knees you know like there's a big distinction between those right. things and so so what i saw in that really varied listener response is that there it was so subjective the way that people responded to what they were hearing there it, right. it was almost like a rorschach test in a sense that even to Jake's question earlier, can you define tone? A lot of people will have different, um, at least different levels of variance on what's acceptable tone and what's not acceptable tone. You know, it's like really hard to say there's a universal standard on what's an acceptable tone. It's so subjective. Of course. And so I, I just, I think you saw that in the, the audience response to it. And, well, um, and I, you know, I think, I think it's even a little more broad than that too, that uh, it seems like in, in that sort of, when we're talking about tone and, and Matt's approach or whatever and being direct. And, and I, and I do say sharp because even at the time Sam took, I don't know how great offense he took, but he, you know, the fact that he recoiled a little bit and I, I, I felt that too. And obviously a lot of the listeners felt that too. And, but as Matt and I were talking this afternoon, he, he brought up a good point that, you know, as conflicted as I feel about that episode or that interview, I do have to acknowledge that what better or more effective tool or delivery or tone could be used in order to deliver that message. And that's a really good point. And I, and I don't really have a counter to that. And that's, that's where I'm like, well, I guess you could have couched it better. You could have been softer. Um, but would it but, have okay, been- so, so, but that's, I feel like that's where, that's, that's where the rubber beats the road is like the components of, um, what comes together as tone to you. And I'm not saying that we can like deconstruct and figure and then crack the code or something, but when you say <laughs> tone, like what, what do you like, what specifically do you mean about, was it the words he was using? Was it his, um, volume? Was it? Um, his facial expressions, like what, what were you keying in on that, that created that, that feeling around it? If, if you're asking me, it, it was a combination of a lot of those things, but, but mostly that, yeah, it was, it was kind of the, the volume in your voice mm-hmm. that, and, and not just that, but, but you know, like the, the amount of swears you might use, like, I, I got to fucking interrupt you here. You know, it's, it's that kind of stuff where I think there was only I, one fuck in that. Yeah, I think I only said one fucking and it was very, I, I'm, yeah. using, I'm using that as an example. I'm not quoting. Oh, okay. Me, so well, if you're going to use examples, Tom, <laughs> yeah, use the right, right ones. Right, How was right, that? Right. Tom? Come on, Tom. Come on, Tom. Get my shit together. All right. <laughs> So yeah, it, it, that's that was basically it. I mean, it's it's like what I said to Matt earlier. I, I it felt like, in a way, Matt took like a parental role and and was like treating Sam as a child. Like, well, that's not out. untrue because it, and, I mean, well, but that's that's not untrue because and I think I I kind of said that at the end because there was a the thing with this topic. I mean, I, I've <laughs> I've experienced a lot over the last month. <laughs> I've seen a lot and talked to a lot of people across the country. And I'm just going to say on this topic, I'm an expert and I am. And so, yes, I was speaking to Sam as a well-intentioned volunteer and I was the expert really trying to say, and that's why at the end I said, Sam, I'm doing this. I'm trying to do this so that you will be 
better and your message will be more effective. And, and so I was, I was very, I can see definitely that, that tone of, I know some things and you don't, and you need to, you need to listen to me a little bit was certainly there, but it was there because of the negative impact I know is happening on victims because of Sam. And that comes from a place of, uh, it just, it comes, it's, it's from good intentions. It's from, it's from ignorance, not from maliciousness. See, this is, yeah, this is, this is the delicate balance, right? You want to correct somebody who's maybe causing harm or even is causing harm unintentionally. Mm-hmm. You don't want to put blame on them or even the movement because it's unintentional. And you still, right. want, to, you still want to pat them on the back and congratulate them and be right. all the while saying you might want to, you know, turn the car, you know, four, four degrees to the left or something, you know? Yeah. So, so I accept that tone and I, and I recognize it, but I'm, I'm done apologizing for being an expert in this field. Yeah. And I, I think, I think that type of attitude right there makes some people really uncomfortable for sure because, because there's, there's an aspect of our culture where we've been taught that humility means deferring your level of expertise in certain things. And so a lot of times, most of us kind of pull punches on things where we don't really need to pull punches. Right. And I just know, you know, just conversations that I've had met with Matt over the last several months, it doesn't surprise me at all to see you coming into more of the space of like, look, I, I am an expert here. I'm not going to, I'm not going to try and hide it. I'm not going to apologize for it. I'm going to do it. You know, I think there's still, you know, tone issues that people could say, yeah, you should have done it this way. You shouldn't have done it this way or whatever. You know, that's fine. But I, I, I think it was a great conversation. Uh, So I want to ask a question and I don't know if you want to air this part or not. Um, But it did like, I also am quite sure, and maybe I'm wrong, Matt, you could correct me. Sure. That there, there is like some kind, some level of disdain towards a certain category or like sub category of ex Mormonism as a community, like certain types of ex Mormons that you've been growing increasingly frustrated with over time, and that kind of poured out a little bit too. I thought, and well, that, I think that Sam was kind of hung in effigy in representation of this whole community that you're kind of like, fuck you guys. I, I have a, I have more of a concern with tribalism. Right, right, and, right. Absolutely. And, and so this is, there's such, there's so much tribalism and Mormonism and ex-Mormonism because ex-Mormon is simply a form of Mormonism. But, um, it's, the same, it's the same rat or it's the same hamster wheel, just kind of adorned differently with, with different. Bizarro Mormonism. Yeah, right. Um, so, so there, there is that. And I'd, I'd push back against particularly when, um, I am, I am increasingly concerned with victims becoming co-opted by victim advo- activist groups rather than victim advocate groups. And that's happening too often, too much. And the, and the ex-Mormon um, sex abuse community is, 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 is heading that way. And I don't think they, they need to. And I don't think, um, I don't, I don't think they, they have that intention, but it's heading that way. Um, and Sam has been a, certainly been a part of that, but that's that's more a function of a, a societal problem, a, uh, you know, a problem that we currently have as a culture. And ex Mormonism, because it's so small, it it has it 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 dials in on those some of those negative characteristics of tribalism as well. So yeah, I, I am pushing pushing back against that as well, but it's primarily because they are advancing myths and and right. things yeah. that don't help victims in an area that I am a particular expert in. 
And, and, and so, the main function of that is like group unity of the ex-mortem. Because you, you kind of brought this up when you were talking about the boogeyman. Uh-huh. How, you, how you turn this thing to, into a boogeyman that then becomes the other that we can all fight against. And that's that element of tribalism that people rally around. But it, it's what you call a, a myth. That's not actually the real issue. It's not going to be the most effective solution to go down those roads. And so really what's happening is ex-Mormon tribalism, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it doesn't matter what the truth is as long as it's against my enemy. Right, right, right. And, right. and, and so, uh, so a lot of, and so what I'm trying to say here is that, that, that I think that a lot of the hostility that some people interpreted through the tone that seemed like it was coming out towards Sam is really this hostility towards a tribalism and a blindness and like, I hope I, I can tell you, I did not feel any, I did not feel any hostility towards Sam. I felt right. so much love and compassion towards him and felt so much appreciation for him being willing, taking real sacrifices for a cause that I, I do find um, just and meaningful. It, it is, it truly is that, that unnecessary um, conflation of sex abuse with the interview. And, I, and I'll give you an example. And I think I've, I've honed on a little bit better as to what I mean by the conflation. Mm-hmm. Is when Sam, when you tell Sam, why did you get into this? Well, my goodness. And he, and he tells a very compelling, um, heartfelt story about his daughter being asked to masturbate. What a horrible, horrible. Wait, what? Understand. Asked if she had masturbated, not asked to masturbate. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that yeah. would be groovy. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah that, that would have been groovy. That's, that's actually groovy. That's a good juxtaposition of what I'm not talking about, right? <laughs> and and I and I felt that, and and I thought, okay, that's a cause worth fighting for because of the emotional, you know, all, all the all the consequences that come with that. I've I've seen real sexual abuse. The trauma he experienced that, that, that caused him to send that message is just its very different in substantial ways the type of abuse I'm talking about trying to stop. <laughs> because I'll tell you guys a story. Trigger <sighs> warning. I'm going to be talking about child rape. <laughs> Last week, two weeks ago, I had a realization that one of the most vivid memories that I have is a sound of a child crying. And it was a child who was being raped on video. And I realized that because of the age of that child, she has no memory of that event. Thank God. So that sound was saved for two people. Me and the guy who penetrated her. That's the hell that I live in. It is the hell that I'm trying to prevent. So our traumas are different. And when I see him doing things to try to prevent these questions, and it's having impact on helping people not prevent the type of abuse I'm trying to prevent. I'm passionate. Because I've had tasks 
dozens and dozens and dozens of kids about their sexual experiences. I've had to put four-year-olds on the stand. So I'm passionate and I'm flawed, just like Sam. And I'm sure I do things wrong out of good faith. But it's from good faith. It's because I know things. And I really know how to prevent things. So teach me how to improve my tone to communicate with people so that they can protect their kids because I can't protect them. So can you can you connect the dot? And this is probably me not having listened to the interview. Fairly certain about that, Jake. <laughs> what, 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 so can you connect the dots between misusing the term grooming and yeah so grooming um grooming means something right there's a cycle of abuse um that, that is, it's a, it's, sometimes we call it the offender cycle and sometimes we call it the uh um victim cycle or the the cycle of abuse and, and it comes from roland summit who developed this, this um offender kind of um cycle really it's been misused in courts and it's complicated but here's what it is essentially you have selection uh where, where a victim is selected a target um engagement grooming assault and concealment and the grooming behaviors have to do with the f- breaking down the physical barriers of the child in order to make them comfortable to get to the sexual abuse so you're looking at things like tickling you're th- looking at things like um uh you know wrestling um, showing kids uh, pornography. Um, there, there's there's a number of those, but it's kind of to break down those those barriers, and it's it's tied to engagement, which has which has to do with developing the trust of a child, uh, actually developing the <laughs> trust of any individual around the child, including adults. But um, but the grooming really has to do with that. And if we understand that, know that that are steps that individuals take, we can be more cognizant of it, and we can develop policies to prevent those types of behaviors. But when we, when we misapply that term and we say, well, talking about a kid, you know, as Sam has done and as, and as many people have done, um, it doesn't allow us to properly educate our kids to protect themselves. Because ultimately, that's what we have to do. We've got to stop reaching the, chil- the, the adults. And we have to make sure that children understand the realities of these things so that they can help protect themselves. So I teach kids about grooming behaviors so that they take ownership in their own bodies so that they understand they have the ability to say, no, I will not hug grandma because I don't want to. And that's okay. Right. This is, it leads towards that, but you've got to start by making sure that they understand what those grooming behaviors are. So if we don't understand them, if we conflate them to the point where any behavior is potentially grooming, we can't arm our kids the way that they can. Does that, does that response to your question? Is it, is it because can, if, can if I, it's too broad, they just won't take it into account? It just they they won't know what that, now we're, now we're at stranger danger, right? We don't, what, if everything's grooming behaviors, nothing is. So Matt, in the moment, yeah. so um, I don't, and I want to belabor like stuff that you covered because really you're just sure. helping me do my homework that I didn't do before we got on the podcast. We're just happy to hear you, Jake. Good listeners love it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Jake Frost, <laughs> Frank, Jake Frost. 
So here to play, I'm playing the role of the guy that didn't really pay attention until right now. Otherwise known as Jake Frost, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but I'm super dialed in right now. So, so like when it comes, so in the moment when you were talking to Sam, yeah. did you have any notion that like, oh, this is maybe I'm maybe I'm coming along, maybe I'm coming along a little strong right now, or maybe I I don't feel as um, I, I'm not sure exactly how, how I'm being perceived in the state, the way that I'm putting this. No, I can tell you I was in the zone. <laughs> I was kind of in flow while I was mm-hmm. talking. Um, cause I didn't prepare beforehand. I really, my, my, my thought was, I'm really interested to talk to Sam. I feel very positively about him. I've, I said my bit on, on infants on throne, you know, our episode when I kind of talked, we talked about a little bit, but, um, I was, I was really looking forward to talking to him, but I, and I didn't know where it would go. And I was triggered <laughs> by the way he, by, so I, I say triggered cause, but I, but in the moment, no, I just felt like I was talking and we were talking about really important stuff that was in, you know, in good faith. And, um, you know, and I was educating and I recognized I was educating him, but, um, you know, his response, I was so, I was, I, I, he, he received everything I thought so well, rather than pushing back and saying, well, it was, well, that's really interesting. I've never heard that before. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, that's where I thought the tone was. So no, I didn't recognize it in the moment, Jake. Sorry. That was a long, well, there, there were, there no. were, there was at least one point and maybe two where he said, Oh, so we shouldn't be doing anything yeah. to do this. And you're like, okay, don't do that to me. And, and, and then you kind of like mansplained wh- whatever tactic it was that he was like doing an all or nothing, black or white thing. Let's yeah. not play that game. I don't respond very well to that. You, you said that, that well, might've been something that. Well, people- and I was, what, what I responded to there emotionally was look, bro, yeah, you don't fucking get to act like I don't care about the Mormon children. Right, 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 right. Don't say yeah. that about me. <laughs> yeah. Got it, got it. Because I'm wondering, it's in 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 times when I feel like I have um, portrayed a different, like communicated a, a different internal, like pe- people perceived the way that I was engaging with the conversation in a way that was very different than the way I felt about it at the time. Which I think is is the the a mismatch of tone. It, it manifests itself in a mismatch of tone. In those cases, going back, I usually am like, mm, yeah, I could kind of see that I was. I, I felt like I was pushing the envelope a little bit in this particular direction, but I, 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 I don't know. That's only the ones I know about. There's probably a bunch of other times when people are just like, "What a dick!" But he, I just never knew about it, and I was like, "That went great." So I guess what I'm trying to get at is, is there any way to, to catch it in the moment, you know, to, to kind of, to, to hold up a mirror to ourselves, like in the moment and try and assess whether or not we're communicating a, a different internal experience than, uh, than what's actually going on. For I'm sure. going to say yes. <laughs> for sure. I mean, okay. Well, what what are your techniques? But what that, do you, how do you, but that doesn't, that doesn't change how subjective people are going to re- receive it. Right. There you, you go. You know, like, because I mean, even before I listened to this interview, um, I, I talked with Tom about it and Tom's like, yeah, you know, you need to tell me what you think because that was pretty harsh. And I had just like, it was either that day or the day before I had listened to that recording with the dateline person that Matt talked about earlier where he, he was much more, much more aggressive with, with her than anything that I heard in Sam. And so like mm-hmm. having that as kind of like my baseline, I'm like, oh, t- 
Tom, no, I mean, Matt's totally measured, you know, like I, like I, I could, I could hear, I, I could hear how measured Matt was in having an intentional tone. So it's not like he was off the cuff. He was out of control. He wasn't, you know, I mean, so I, I, I think the tone is exactly what it was. And there were people who loved it and people who didn't. So, so your question, Jake, is there a way to, is there a way to change your tone? Yes. Is there a way to make it so it's acceptable to every single listener? No. Is there a way to minimize blowback? Well, I don't, so here's the other thing. Why I don't know that blowback? there was blowback. What, if I look at the comments everywhere, there were the, the comments were overwhelmingly positive. And I'll tell you this, I've gotten more emails from this episode than, than basically any other. And they have all been um, emails of, I would like to engage in this fight. What can I do to help? Mm. And, you know, I'm going to change the way I, I approach this now. And I've never gotten that before. I've never gotten <laughs> a, a response of, you know, that, that reflects change in people. And so that causes me to say, well, maybe it was effective or it was effective because it, so, so why did you, I, why did you want to have this conversation? Because Tom, I want to be even better if I can. And Tom, if Tom's uncomfortable with it, I trust Tom's instincts. That's what it comes down to. Well, well yeah, but we just exonerated ourselves. Apparently. We? I mean, I don't know we, we did. I want, I want Tom to say, no, Tommy, Tom, no, Matt, you were right. And I support no, I need Tom's approval is what I'm saying. <laughs> well, Tom, bring us home. Well, I think this this goes back to what we discussed earlier, Matt, and I'll just state it here. It, and I know I mentioned it earlier. It's it's uh, it's complicated. The, the, just talking about this in in general, it's complicated. You know, it how how effective is a more direct or sharp tone, as if it's a little more soft, a little more couched, uh, a little more I don't know. Uh, I hate to use the word pandering, <laughs> but in a tone that, that is like um, patting you on the back, but also trying to course correct. Like, you know, I really appreciate yeah. what you're doing here, but you know, you really ought to pay attention to this, this, and this, and this as well. Would that, so, would that, and that's what Matt asked me earlier is, would that have been more effective than the tone that he took during the interview? And that's an excellent question. And I don't know. No one knows. And we, and we don't right. But I will say that, you know, to Matt's point, he has evidence <laughs> to to show that it was effective to a certain extent, to a certain degree. And and I can only concede that point. But to me, you know, I would have preferred, and maybe this is just me wanting, you know, my balls washed in the moment. I don't know. <laughs> but, but, but that I just want a little a little less awkwardness, a little less um what I consider hostility and, and sharpness. And that I, I still feel like that that message or that point can still be delivered just as effective or maybe debatably more effective if it's approached in a, in a better way. So that's all. Here's what I can tell you. I was moved upon by the Holy Ghost. And, you know, for behold, I spoke with sharpness. Reproving. I fucking clean. Spoke, I fucking spoke be times with sharpness. I reproved be times with sharpness there when we moved upon by the Holy Ghost, and then showing <laughs> forth afterwards an increase of love towards him whom thou oh, hast God. reproved, lest he esteem thee to be his enemy. And so at the end, I hope I did enough ball washing because I meant it about all the things that I that I felt about him and his and his movement and everything he did. 
Um, so all I did is take the <laughs> example of my prophet, Joseph Smith. <laughs> Your prophet. <laughs> my prophet. All of our prophets, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. No, I, and, and so, but it's a question I have because here's the thing that I, I, the reason why I'm an expert in um, <laughs> sex, sex crimes, trial, trial work, and which includes rhetorical, you know, rhetorical speaking is because I'm constantly looking to improve. And I, I know a lot and I've learned a lot over, over the last 15 years of doing this. But the thing that I've learned the most is I, I, there's a lot I don't know. And so these conversations about, uh, about communication and delivery and, and that it, it's important because it's important to my job because it's not just to be rhetorical for rhetorical sake, but to commune, try to communicate truth. It's what I try to do in court. Um, and it's what I try to do on these, on these podcasts. And so if there's a way to be even more effective of doing that, I'm open to that. Um, but not from any, I can tell you this, not from any listeners. So any comments that think, I think, black, I don't fucking care. I don't, I'm really not going to respond to any comments. Because I told you I care about Tom. I care about Glenn and Jake. I care about what my wife thinks. And there's a couple others, but I can promise you. In the universe of our listeners, I don't give a shit what you think about. Well, it's weird too because, and and I know that I'm probably bringing to the table a little bit of my parental baggage, you know, where it's like, how effective can I be at Mm. um, coaching or even instructing or educating my children on certain things? Is is it more of a direct, like, you're going to need to clean your goddamn room right goddamn now? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or do I take That's too many room? goddams? I know, right? You violated the goddamn rule. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> or I take more of a subtle approach like, you know, you need to, you know, it'd be really helpful to your mother and I and it'd make us feel good if you go clean your room. That's that's even more of a pandering sort of a... Yeah. Are you going to be a hard ass or a pussy? But that's, the that's the question, right? <laughs> yeah. It's just, those are the yeah, only two options. Only two options. But do you, do you catch what I'm saying? That that there's a different way to get about it and and effectively deliver what you're trying to deliver um, to maximize your output, to maximize your message. And, sure. and that's that's that was really my only concern. And again, I'm coming from it from my perspective where I felt like that we may have lost some people. And and I have to congrat you know not congratulate I guess really compliment Sam. And, and not being completely turned off, you know, he, he was in a very mature position to actually sit and listen. I do think that he was mildly turned off at a time or two, but the fact that he kind of waded through it and then took notes and listened and said, all right, this has been very instructive and I really appreciate it. Yeah. And, I th- and I think he Big really ups. meant that. So that's, that's a big, you know, kudos to him. But I also think that if he wasn't in that place of maturity, I think he could have been turned off. Said, "You know what? This is not what I planned on. I, I didn't. I didn't think that this interview was going to be some some sort of lecture or or telling me everything I'm doing wrong. So fuck you guys. I'm out." Sure. I feel like it could have gone that way if he if, if he was operating from a place of ego, which he clearly isn't. Right. Well, I wonder if it's. I. I th- I don't know, because the way that you just described what you just described, Tom, like as you know, saying, you know, I, I, what parental approach are you going to take? I think that that is often. I think that that kind of waves away the part that's most critical, which is adults don't like being told what to do unless there's a really good reason that you're going to let that guy tell you what to do. 
or what to think or, 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 you know, it, it, adults are much more hesitant to accept, um, a, like, uh, a hierarchy where somebody else is in a position of authority and they're not, um, than kids are. And if you're their parent, like it's already implicit in there. It's like, yeah, well, I'm, I'm in a position, you know, the, the hierarchy exists because I am your parent. But um, I, I don't know if, if Matt explaining why he's an expert about it, that seems like that's a pretty effective approach because it gives you a really – well, I don't. Th- I don't think it's it a safe face to say, "Okay, I'm going to listen to this and uh, and be in be in in like a learning role, and you're the teacher because there's actually a lot of you have a lot of credibility around this." Yeah, I, but what, what 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 do you mean when you're saying effective? Because we've been using that word a lot. What what do you mean by effective? Great well, uh, uh, so effective meaning that you don't have um, you don't have somebody that that is resisting being instructed about something where there's a clear asymmetry of knowledge where like one person knows a lot. The other person doesn't know as much. The person that knows a lot wants to tell the person that doesn't know as much, educate them about the topic that they know about. Um, if the, the extent to which you can minimize the amount of resistance from the dumb person being like, well, I'm not going to let you tell me what to do. If you can minimize that so that you can increase the flow of information from person that knows to person that doesn't know. That's what I mean by it. So I think what you're talking about is doxastic openness. The doxastic, uh, oh what I'm talking about is your doxastic openness is the, pedantic listen, listen, that's how you determine academia. effectiveness. How doxastically <laughs> open are they in the conversation? Okay. I'm with you now, Jake. I'm with you. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Sorry. Uh, I had to find a hair to split. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll tease another episode. I'm going to do a recording with um, Ryan McKnight. Uh, where we talk about those um, the leaks. I leaked. Yeah. I think next week. So you guys want to come on, we can do that. Okay. So, but that's what I mean by effectiveness, Glenn. So did you have another question after that? Oh, I was, see, I was trying to be effective by dropping a bomb and then teasing it and doing a callback to it, Jake. What the fuck, man? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, yeah. (laughs) It's a rhetorical device, man. (laughs) Well, I, I, I guess I, cause, cause I would, I would say that, that, effectiveness is measured by how, you know, what, if somebody gets the message or not, or what message they get, whether there's the message or whatever. And so, so for people who have tone as a deterrent and they're not able to hear what Matt has to say because they're so turned off by the way he's saying it, that's not effective. But how, like, so are there ways to go in and, and fix it so that those people won't be turned off by tone and change your tone? Maybe, sure, you can change your tone, yeah. but you know, like this is one episode, one time, you know, like <laughs> one, one, one thing that I think was incredibly effective in j- just the, the response that, that we've seen from people contact. We don't usually get people emailing us as much as they did with this and commenting on the websites and commenting on Facebook, you know, like that there was a Reddit thread. We don't get a lot of love on Reddit. Not that there was a lot of love on this one, but you know, we, <laughs> Oh, was there a, I didn't read that. Yeah, no, it, it generated discussion. It generated buzz. And I think that's a measure of effectiveness. And, and maybe the only reason it did was because people were talking about his tone, but still. The See, things I, I, I don't, say, I don't necessarily look at that as a, as a good measure of effectiveness, but right. All the response. It could be. It could be. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I you think it is. Right. I mean, I think if it's if it's causing a reaction, then it's causing a discussion. I think to to what's what I love 
is that the conversation's about my tone and not Matt's wrong. Because yeah, I, then, I, have, I haven't been hearing anybody say that you're wrong. So, so, so then only, only that you're wrong about your tone and that yeah. they don't like hearing somebody like people like, I don't want to hear a no, an insufferable no at all lecturing somebody else. I'm like, okay, okay all right. Okay. Well, you don't have to, you don't have to but listen to that then. But I hope I wasn't insufferable. insufferable. Insufferability is in the eye of the beholder. Right. right? You know, like I get you and I may, you know, the dude that said that we probably wouldn't, probably wouldn't like to chat with me anywhere, but I wouldn't, probably wouldn't, wouldn't want to talk with you. Cafeteria with them. <laughs> but you, you grab a mic and let me hear how you sound when you talk about your best subjects. <laughs> 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 do you sound like an idiot or do you sound like an insufferable know-it-all? I hope you sound like an insufferable know-it-all. I mean, better that than an idiot. If it's the thing that you're supposed to know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we have plenty of uh, examples of both. (laughs) And 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 I am a great example of that many times over. (laughs) Many times over. So, so answer me this, Matt, because I get this impression that you're kind of done uh, trying to couch uh, your points or what you're trying to say. And then you kind of feel like, Listen, if, if I'm going to lose people on the fringes by being direct or, or saying what I mean and meaning what I say, then so be it. Yeah, the thing is, is I just rather be me and the people who like what I have to say and, and, and not just agree with it, but it starts to resonate. If, they'll, if they will also start by listening, then I, I'm always listening to them. So... Um, yeah, I just don't, I really don't care anymore. I'm going to start speaking things that I know and the thing, and there are things that I know. Um, and I don't care, you know, I'll, I'll correct myself to those people who know more than me and can, and help me adjust what I know and fill in what I don't know. But yeah, I'm not, I'm done trying to, trying to couch and, Oh, let me, let me appeal to authority. And, and here's why I know it. And, and please accept what I have to say is true because I need to be, I don't need to be accepted anymore as an expert. I just am. And I've got a peek behind the curtain, um, dealing when talking to the national experts on this topic. And most of them are idiots. Many of them are, some are not, but most of them that aren't are very, very poor communicators or are not in the, um, field of communication. So the people who are talking, probably don't know what they're talking about. And I'm not pretending that that's not the case anymore because it is. Fair enough. And I mean, I, I went on, I went on three news stations or two, two news stations and a, um, you know, a Canadian, Canadian NPR, CBC and unprepared. That doesn't even count. <laughs> right. Canadians. Uh, Two and a half. Canadian NPR. Right. That's like, that's <laughs> now you're really. And, and it got to the point when I was, this is my first time on television, first time on cable news. You know, everybody's telling me what a big deal is. You need to prepare and go get media training and stuff. And, you know, I started to psych myself up and thought I really need to prepare for this. And then I thought, wait a minute. No, I don't. I just need to listen to the questions and answer honestly, because I know this stuff. And I, I, I'm, I'm an expert on, on law enforcement. I'm an ex- expert on um, uh, criminal law. I'm an expert on um, sex crimes and, and trials um, and, and criminal procedure. Um, and I'm an expert on, <laughs> there's a lot of other things that I happen to be an expert on because of those expertise. And so as they started, as they were talking about the best topics, I was talking to other experts supposedly, and I realized, oh, these guys have no idea what they're talking about. They certainly don't understand the intersection. And that's the one thing that I have is this intersection of sex crimes experience with the law enforcement criminal side. 
And that gives me particular insight and particular perspective that other people don't have. So, I mean, take your best subject, right? And, and take, if your best subject professionally is, you know, you can mix that with your, your best, best subject, you know, from your hobby and just the thing you know the most about. Um, I, that's what I am when it comes to um, the law, you know, criminal law and, and sex crimes investigations and procedure and those things. So, so in a way yeah. you're saying that your patience is pretty worn thin because you don't yep. want to sit there and, and yep. educate people on the fundamentals or the basics. Yep. That, okay. Yep. And I'm done and I'm done trying to be cute and I'm done trying to, <laughs> you know, Hey guys, maybe I could explain it by not explaining it because I know if I just tell you how it is, you won't accept it because nobody will accept an expert. So I've been working through all these ways of, you know, maybe I can do pantomime or maybe I could do, you know, some, um, you know, a joke to try to get people to, to look over here. And I, I'm just, I'm just talked to too many, not experts. I've talked to too many reporter, national reporters. I've talked to too many psychologists. I've talked to too many therapists. I've talked to too many victims, too many offenders, too many victim and offenders families. And so, yeah, it, it, the problem is, is he came on infants on thrones, but in that topic and that moment, I wasn't an infant. I was an expert. And so he came in that, and that's what I feel bad about is maybe not is, is the context, the, um, the set or the setting rather was, um, was a poor one for it because, um, it, it wasn't just, Hey, we're infants. Well, none of us really know, Hey, what's going on. And, and that was unfair to Sam. And I realized that in retrospect and I, and I truly regret that the, he genuinely felt sandbagged and, and truly experience that. But that brings me to another complicated issue that I think highlights things we should, why we should start by listening is because you had a situation where, um, Sam absolutely experienced being sandbagged. That was his experience. And it would be silly for me to say, no, Sam, cause that's not what I intended. And my intentions are all that matter. So you just need to accept how I received it or how I delivered it because of my intentions. I'm not saying that. I'm saying quite the opposite. I'm saying I truly regret that as an individual, Sam felt that and experienced that because there's no way he couldn't have. But that certainly wasn't my intention. That doesn't necessarily, um, I'm not asking, saying I should be absolved for any trauma or any harm that I would have caused to Sam. I can only say that that my experience and recognize the trauma and and the way he he, um, accurately experienced that. And I wish I, I would always like to be able to adjust myself to not cause, to not have my words and my tone cause trauma to people because it's been the bane of my existence. See, because I have be caused so much unnecessary trauma in my kids. Hmm? You should only be an expert on Mormon stories. That's the thing is, is if you're talking about something that you know things, things about. That's Mormon stories. Somewhere else. You got it. Well, you, you on Mormon stories. Oh, gotcha. That's, that's the platform where you, you go in authoritative expert. Here, you have to be an idiot. You got to slum it with us. <laughs> well, I mean, if it, if it means anything, I actually really appreciate what you were saying, Matt. And I mean, even though I I did feel pretty conflicted about the whole experience and the whole episode, I feel a lot better. Good. It mean it means a lot to me just to hear, you know, that you are interested in maximizing, uh, the effectiveness and the, and the delivery and all that stuff. And, and I, and I kind of knew that, but it was just, it was really useful or good to just reiterate that in my mind and that you are very compassionate and, and extremely passionate about this, uh, topic 
and that it, it, it hits not just a nerve, but it hits direct close to home. You know, it is your home. This is, this is where you spent the most amount of your adult life in this shithole <laughs> of sex abuse. So and, let me, let me tell you why I brought up the, the, the video that I had to watch. The reason why I use that example, because it really stuck with me because I was there to convict the guy that was, that had downloaded that, that possessed it. There was nothing anyone was ever going to do to get the guy that was doing it. And that level of what? Not being able to do anything like helplessness, helplessness yeah. from someone like me who was, you know, there to protect kids was, you know, is, is a helplessness that we all feel. And so in that moment is this, you know, big, bad attorney prosecutor. I go out and get the big guy. Bit, bit, bit. I was, I was, the, I was as helpless as anyone. And so it was then that I, I thought whatever I, I do in life, I, I hope, I hope I do things to try to protect the vulnerable and to give the vulnerable the tools to protect themselves. I hope so too. I don't know. That's tough. Jeez. Heavy stuff, I know. Yeah, Fucking right. downer, man. I know. Where's your jokes <laughs> now, Jake? <laughs> uh, I, only no. have, <laughs> I only have three post-child rape jokes. I used to, <laughs> used to have four. Yeah. Got rid of that one. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's, that got one. Yeah. No, and, 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 I, and I'll tell you this, man. I will never, never – I. I used to tell you guys, I think I'd say, you know, I'd, I'd get drunk um, and I'd cry. I just sob, you know, about every six months when I was doing the job and at the years and years after I stopped doing it, I, I stopped doing that. I really felt, Oh, I'm totally healed. And I, I don't know what that means. What I know is, is there's, there's definitely a hole in me from the experiences that I've experienced and the things that I've seen. And now rather than wanting to fill those or wanting to heal those, I, I truly carry those scars as souvenirs. I mean, I, you know, I've used that line before with, with my folks in the, in the, you know, talking about, but it's, it's true. And this is another one that I, I, I treasure because it gives, sometimes gives me purpose. It gives me motivations and it, and it gives me compassion towards little ones. So I, I instead carry that as a, as a, as a souvenir and a, and a pain that I can, um, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, but there's baggage. There's baggage to that too. I mean, I, th- I think we've all, and you could even attest to it, that occasionally something will even get close to that, and and then it bubbles things up that maybe you're not even prepared to either experience or deal with at the time. I don't know, man. I, I can't even. I can't even possibly imagine what that would be like. You know, I can only just use my imagination. <laughs> but. Uh, I, I, I don't know, man. Like I can't, I can't even imagine like if you're just watching a movie and there's like a, even just a depiction of child abuse or rape or anything like that. Oh yeah. No, that doesn't bug me at all. Cause it's fake. I, <laughs> I, it, yeah, yeah, no, I've seen, I mean, it's, yeah, that, it doesn't, that stuff doesn't affect me anymore. Like, yeah, I just, and it never really has. I can't explain it. I can't explain it, man, because the kids, I mean, I think of my kids, man, I think of the, I think of my kids, not my kids, my, you know, the kids that I've dealt with and talked to and, um, 
they're just so real. And so, I don't know, they're so, I don't know. That's a, it's an interesting, it's, an, I'm, I'm interested where you went there because I haven't really thought of it in those terms. Um, I, don't, I don't know. That's interesting. Well, when I hear the statistics, it just scares the shit out of me, obviously, as any parent <laughs> would just yeah. be you know, deathly frightened, uh, you know, and, and now with, with my daughter making it to college, I mean, I, I actually remember thinking she made it, she made it to mm-hmm. at least this stage of her life and didn't have any serious traumatic episode. And, and the problem is, is a lot of them do. I mean, a lot. I can't remember what stats are like one in three. I can't. Yeah, remember. I mean, and you know, and who who knows because of reporting and and, and other things. And it's it's yeah, man. But might be higher, dude. I'm you know? so know. scared of these. So the the things that I get, you know, is is um, that in cars, man. I just I, I get that's the other thing because that's the other thing I've seen is is yeah, man, <laughs> sex abuse in cars because I <laughs> because I, I I have just I have ver- I have experienced so much incredible proxy trauma from families that have, that have dealt in both on both sides, both the, both on the, on the, on the victim and the, and the criminal side, right. Each layers of families, the amount of catastrophic just damage as a result of sexual abuse and, um, car, you know, DUI accidents to see, you know, those, those types of things. Oh, I just, yeah, yeah. and, and the, and the car things are so preventable. And so we, we have a mantra in our home and every kid that comes in, you know, I give them a lecture on, on driving cars. And I know Glenn's like, well, you, you like text as you drive, right? And not anymore. Not as much. Don't do that. Um, but only and, when uh, you're high <laughs> <that's good. Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and on the perks, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we our mantra in the home is we're not going to die in one of these. We will die. We will die somewhere. Not in one of these, not in a car. So anyway, those are my two, my two, th- my two fears with kids, man, is we're, and as I said, your, is your daughter going to college and my, my kids and they're in this fucking snow. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Being, being a parent sucks. Yeah. Welcome Jake. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, I, you know, I thought continuously wondering if he was going to break his head. Like right now, stairs are my number one fear. Yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> electrical outlets too, or is that? Like, oh shit. Uh, <laughs> see, my parents, my, parents tell the story about like you know we're playing hide and seek and my brother goes in like a five gallon jug of of water you know like the water jugs you do it like the at the basketball the football games and stuff and like we put the <laughs> lid in lid in it to limit his oxygen and yeah right you know, just, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the orgasm's amazing <laughs> nice <laughs> two more jokes coming <laughs> thanks for doing right, this tom now, yeah. thank you. Yeah, man. Hi, this is Hillary. Matthew. Ryan. Carol Dashley. And I like to play bingo online while listening to Infants on Thrones. You can comment on this episode on the website, infantsonthrones.com. And if you really like what you hear, give the quorum a five-star rating and write a short review on iTunes. I did. I did. I did. Anyone for the closing prayer? Thank you for listening to Infants on Thrones. Infants on Thrones.